Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. Psalms 8.3 was on my mind as I was preparing, and when David um, was... He was talking to God and he was saying, you know, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars that you set in place, he's, you know, he was, he, he said, what is man that you're mindful of him? And, and when he was looking at God's creation, it produced some sort of awe in him because he couldn't wrap his mind completely around the bigness of God at that moment and he was just in awe and he said what what is what is man that you're mindful of him like I have no I you know my mental capacity you you far exceed that um and I've had I've had moments like that in my life where I've, I've I've looked at God's creation and and I've seen like you know, how, how big, you know, elements of his bigness, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to cross over into some existentialism, but I was looking at a tree one day, okay? I was looking at a tree in the bark. I, I just woke up, and the first thought on my mind was the great I am when I was looking at this tree. Like I said, give me a second to explain. Um, I was, and it was the, but I wasn't just looking at, I wasn't looking at God per se. I was looking at his thoughts. When he, when he, created that little tree you know it was his thoughts you know that that created that and his fingerprints were on that tree and it was it was beautiful you know how big it was I, I, you know there's this guy named Doug Fields down at the Orange Conference I thought his story was much better than mine it has no uh, existentialism references in it whatsoever um, so he um, he was talking about he was he's a youth pastor and he was talking about doing ministry and how um, he, was, he had this one specific day that he could remember out of all the times that he was doing youth ministry. And he said, nothing went right that day. He said, if it could have went wrong, it did go wrong. He said, from the worship to the technology, everything just went wrong. And so he said when he got up on the stage, he was, you know, I guess in an effort to try to salvage you know, something that he felt like was just going awry, um, he, he says he begins to, to preach his message, and he said he's about six minutes into his message. He said, and this kid named Kyle, no pun, um, this kid named Kyle, he said, let off the biggest fart he's ever heard. He said, and, and at that moment, six minutes into his message, everybody's scattering, they're like making noise. Oh, no, that's, you know, making all, <laughs> all kinds of noise. And he said, he said, but what was, it was kind of encouraging, even though he didn't believe it. He said at the end of the service, this girl came up to him, one of his you know, children that he was ministering to that day, and she said, she said, Doug, I felt the Holy Spirit so much today. And he said, in my mind, I was thinking, no, you didn't. That was Kyle's fart. <laughs> you know, that was not the Holy Spirit. He said, but, you know, she came up and gave him some encouragement at just the right time. You know, I've had it happen. You know, I think, I think we've all had things happen in life that are kind of like that. You know, life sometimes can be like a fart in church. You know what I mean? It, it really can. You know, it can, be, it can be smelly and it can be embarrassing 
at times. Um, it can be smelly, at, you know, just some things I wrote down. When we, we are like, we're, we're, at our go- we're at our job and we're like, God, like, you put me here, you know, but I can't really, really understand it. This, this job kind of stinks and I don't really like it, you know. I, I can't understand why, why you, would, you would even have me here. Or you put me into this relational situation with this person, uh, albeit fill in the blank with you and how this applies to you if you're having trouble in some relational situations. Um, you put me in this relational situation, and it seems like I'm always getting the short end of the stick. They're always take, 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 and I'm always give, give, give. We have, we have people in our lives that are like that. You know, sometimes it's embarrassing because um, some of our pasts haunt us, you know. Uh, sometimes it's embarrassing because uh, some of our current sin struggles, you know, um, what the Bible would tell us to do with that current sin struggle goes against everything we feel inside of here. And we're like, there's no way anything good can come from that. If I tell them that, they're going to think X, Y, and Z about me. Um, you know, and, and we, we could go on and on with the list of, of, of those types of things. Um, but the, the one thing that, that we'll see today, and we're going to work on understanding, is, is how God uses these situations sometimes to do the unthinkable. How his plan and his goodness far exceeds anything that we can wrap our minds around. We see how, how powerful and big he really is. And, and it's mind-blowing. But it's just not mind-blowing for the sake of my, being mind-blowing. And I'm going to say this over and over again today, so I hope we get this. That God doesn't blow our minds just to blow our minds. Like, wow, that happened. That was really cool. You know, It's when those moments happen that, that we need to process why that happened and, and how good he is. It's, see, God blows our minds to change our hearts. Okay? Um, we're going to be in, in the book of Ephesians, and Paul is, in Ephesians 3, 20, for the most part we'll be in, in the story in John 11, but you know, just to start off, Ephesians three twenty, Paul is making this, this prayer, and, um, he, and he, he kind of ends, gets close to the end of it, and he says, now to him, he says, now to him who is able to do far more, abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. And to get an understanding of, of what he's talking about, you have to go back to, to some previous verses to get the context and what he's talking about. And in 17, 18, and 19 are leading up. We'll just start there. I won't read the whole thing. But it says, so, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, now to him. Right? So in, in verse 17, he's talking about through faith. So in, when we're thinking along the lines of faith, it means that we have to step away from the natural and step into the supernatural. The things that we try to wrap our minds around and we think, you know, is this working or is it, you know, God uses situations like that to do more than we can think. And in verse 18, it says, may be able to comprehend the fact, and this is, this is the part that hit me, it was like, may be able to comprehend the fact that we cannot comprehend. Because when we try to wrap our minds around God, we come back to the point that we can't wrap our minds around God. We think we can, you know, but we can't. You know, if we could, then how big is our God, really? 
You know, verse 19, which surpasses, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. It's beyond our mental capacity. But situations happen, and we let them beat us up. And we wonder things, you know. Does God love me, you know? Is he here? Is he really here? When I pass through the waters, my wife was talking about. Is he really there? Because I don't feel like it sometimes. And so there's a story in John 11. And that's where we're going to be for the most, most part. For the remainder of the time, we're going to be in the story of John. So John 11, if you want to follow along, you can. Um, the one thing that I think is really um, cool uh, is, is that this, this story right here in John 11 takes place in between John 10 and 12. That's a, a pun. Okay. My wife rolled her eyes. I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, in John 10... Jesus and, and John 12, there's a sharp contrast of what's going on uh, around Jesus, surrounding you know, the disciples and Jesus. In John t- 10, Jesus has just asserted his deity. The Jews that keep asking him, they say, you know, if, if you are the Son of God, won't you just tell us plainly and stop, you know, cutting corners and giving us all these, you know, mystical answers, you know, that they're just saying, just, just say it, yes or no, are you or aren't you, and and he says, I told you, but you just don't believe me. You know? And so then when he says that, they pick up rocks and they try to stone him to death again. Now, this is the cool part. Like, I like to think of Batman Jesus. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, because all these times he's eluded. I don't think that Jesus is just getting by, you know what I mean? But he's just like, he's dropping that bomb. And he's gone. You know what I mean? They're like, what happened there? Maybe he is. I don't know. Um, but they're trying to stone him to death again. And then in John 12, on 12, 12, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Two completely different scenarios. And this story happens right in the middle of them. So we'll start there. Um, so in John 11, um, it, it just starts, and you know, I'm not going to go like verse by verse or anything. I'm just going to kind of like tell a story, and you guys can follow along on, in your Bibles if you want. And it starts out with this. It says, now a certain man named Lazarus was sick. And right at the beginning, you know, it, it, it names the person. It names the person. It names Lazarus. You know, and if one thing that Greg taught us a, a few weeks ago, or month, it may have been, maybe it was months, it seems like weeks, it was such a good message, it's still sticking, um, but th- that God delights in the details of our lives. You know, he, he takes note of when we sit down and we stand up. And so you see that in here, like he knows this guy. He knows him. This, this guy's name is Lazarus. You've seen in, in the other stories, in some of the other stories, where it says a blind man came and he was, he was a blind man, you know, not that he was less, you know, insignificant or anything, but this guy, he specifically names him. This is Lazarus. There was a certain man named Lazarus, a certain man. And I go back to that because, you know, this certain man, the people cared about him. He was a certain man. He had a certain uh, gift or skill set. And this guy was sick. So um, the, his sisters, Mary and Martha, send word to Jesus. And, and they send word to Jesus and they say, Lord, the, the, one, that, the one that you love is sick. Basically, he, he needs your help. But, you know, the, the thing that, again, like, there's just so much in this story when he says, she says, the one that you love is sick. Why is this happening? The one that you love. 
You've done all these things up to this point, and, and we've heard that you're good, and that you're never going to let us down, that you're going to be with us, you know, and, and all these things, and yet he's sick. This is the one you love? What, a, what would happen to me? What would, what would happen to me if, if, you know, if this can happen to him, and he's the one you love, you know, what, what, where am I at? Where do I stand with you? It happens. You know, and, and then Jesus answers, but, but when Jesus heard this, he said this. Okay, tighten your belts. Uh, but when Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness is not to end in, end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be, may be glorified by it. Yeah, um, that would probably make somebody angry. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like to think of everything, because I was, I was a, a, a previous addict you know what I mean um, by God's grace I've been saved from that you know and and so I like to relay and it makes it easy for me to relay a lot of stuff but you know I like to think of like okay so there's this addict and you walk up to him this addict has just lost their house they've lost their wife they've lost their kids uh, they're homeless they have no job and everything is just taken from them and you walk up and and this is kind of the, the situation I'm getting or maybe how um Martha and, and Mary felt and, and they, they've lost everything and you walk up and you say, it's okay, God's got a plan. That addict ain't trying to hear you, man. <laughs> they ain't trying to hear you. You better love them first because they ain't trying to hear that right off the rip. You know what I mean? Um, and, <laughs> and, and so, you know, it made me think of this story that Bob Goff told. We was at the, or- like, and again, thank you for the Orange Conference. Um, um, there's a guy named Bob Goff, and he was married, and um, him and his wife had this beautiful log cabin in Alaska, and they said there was nobody around for 10 miles. They said there was a little camp with kids that was close, and um, that, it had like a 20-acre camp, and they would come by and float by on their kayaks, and he would throw them out saltwater taffy, and, went, and he said it was just really quiet, and it was, he said it was really awesome. Um, well, uh, to make a long story short, you know, somehow... In one way or another, his house ends up blowing up, and um, it, he, he has this picture on the screen behind him as he's telling this story of him and his wife, you know, kind of standing there looking at the place where their house used to be, and it's completely empty. And he's just hugging her, and the other, you know, they just look like they're just, what just happened, you know? And again, I think this is kind of like that that situation, um, and. He said, this lady comes up to him. And I think, you know, just, just from the outside looking at it, maybe she was speaking prophetically. He thought maybe she was working on her people skills. Um, she, comes up, <laughs> she comes up to him and she says, uh, you know, sometimes God blows things up so he can blow things in our life up. He said he wanted to scissor kick her in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> but but after that, you know, they they ended up in therapy and getting getting counseling and things like that because they just couldn't, you know, some and come to find out, um, he didn't know it. But at that time, the marriage was in shambles, and his wife had been going through some things. And this situation um, with the counselor allowed her to be able to talk about that and get that out by by talking to somebody. And um, 
And so after talking to somebody, she was able to confess that to him. And that when he looked back on that, he can see the goodness of God in restoring his marriage before it even had gotten broken down, you know. And so he could see the goodness in it afterwards, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, first, first John 1 John 1.9 says, you know, if we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And then the end part for this was like, and cleanse us from all the unrighteousness, from all our unrighteousness. And a lot of times that's not the external uh, that he's talking about. He's talking about the internal. You know, it, you see, God blows our minds to change our hearts. Not just make things good and everything is always easy. You know. He don't do band-aids. When God fixes things, he fixes things for good. It's in place now. It's good. I, you know. and, and, he, and, and get this. He, he didn't move on their, on their behalf because he loved them. It can be hard sometimes when you're going through those things. See, where's the love of God? But it says there that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. All of them. I'm trying to read off of these. Um, and sometimes that can be hard to grasp. Sometimes God's plan for us and, and, uh, is, is hard to grasp. It's hard to wrap our minds around. And, and the disciples had the same issue. Um, not only did they stay for two days and they wonder, you know what I mean? Well, you know, maybe they're catching some of that Martha bug now. Well, you know, he loved him. He didn't move for him, you know. But, and here we are, we're staying. And then, then Jesus just totally switches it up on them. Stays there for two days, and then he says, let's go this way. He tells them, come on, let's go to, we're going, we're going to go to Judea. And I think just by um, the track record, I think it was Peter that spoke up. Uh, <laughs> and he says, he says, um, turn the phone. Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And you're going there again. Like, how many more Batman balls do you have left in there? Because this is a, he's a little sketchy, man. Like, there's an obvious good thing happening over here where we could go and we could be a part of that. And we could see some, some healing happen right now. We could see that, you know. Peter trying to convince Jesus, as usual. Um, and he said, we could, we could see that right now. And you want to go over here and possibly get stoned again. You know, we, we, we got out of there by the skin of our teeth, you know. You don't have any bat, more Batman balls left. And sometimes he, it, it is hard to wrap our minds around. Um, when I came home, me and my wife had, uh, it was early struggles finding jobs for me from my, from my past and, and criminal record, you know, the things that uh, kept me um, from getting a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunities. Um, but a, a guy in the church, he had given me an opportunity, and uh, it was at Deer Creek. And so I was, I was delivering car parts for this guy. Um, and this, this story does not make sense. I'm going to tell you that. Because it did not provide enough money for, for our family at that time. I worked there for 14 months, and we made probably right around $140 a week. Yeah, 
we got four kids at the house, you know. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't make sense. You know, you couldn't wrap your mind around it. But I, I went there. I, I kind of liked the job because I got to do 97.1 The Fan all day. I got to listen to the, to the family radio station and listen to preachers all day. I put my 104.9 on and get my groove on all by myself. You know, ain't nobody around, just me. I can do what I want. Um, and I was taking the money in one day, and this is when God kind of like blew this up for me. Um, I was taking the money in. I'd seen this guy before. Um, just because I would go down and back down. He'd put an engine on the car and things like that. But he came out the door one day, and I was bringing in the money from um, delivering the other parts, and I was giving it to the boss. And he walks through the doors, and I felt like God told me, he's like, I want you to talk to him. And I'm like, in front of all these people? You know what I mean? And right now? You know, so I struggled with that one, and <laughs> I end up leaving that day and going to deliver another part. And in the car, I'm like, I start praying. I'm like, God, uh, you know, I, I know I missed it back there maybe, but, um, you know, if you want me to talk to this guy, would you just put me close to him? And this is where it really doesn't make sense. I know nothing about cars, like zero. And I don't want to know anything about cars. <laughs> I, I hate it. I hate working on cars. Um, Julio, you can testify, can't you? Uh, <laughs> I, I hate it. You know, my wife, my wife can testify too because I've put um, oil in our transmission fluid thing before. And I was like, how did I do that? That's, that, that's just how I roll, you know? And um, so I, I, come back, I come back from work like a week and a half later. I'm delivering parts and we, and we go in. And the boss says, hey, uh, starting next week, I've contracted that position out. So you, you won't be delivering parts anymore. I got a company that's going to come in, and, and they're going to do that. They're going to handle all that for me, so I ain't got to worry about, you know, any of it. He's like, he's like but I don't, I don't want to see you go anywhere. He said, because he says, you're a good worker. He said, um, he said, so I'd like to put you in the basement next to Lenny. And I'm like, you. <laughs> so I end up going downstairs. <laughs> And I, I started working down there with Lenny. And at first, we, we, you know, we had, some, we had some good conversations. But as um, time went on, Lenny more and more seen that I really could not work on cars. <laughs> he found out the hard way. And I was always, my, my cord was always in his way. He was always tripping over it. And, and he was cussing me out. I mean, literally throwing wrenches uh, across the thing. He, gosh, you did it again. You did, you know. And so he was always yelling at me, yelling at me. And finally one day, you know, after we'd done this, we went through this so many times. A man can only take so much, you know what I mean? <laughs> finally, he's like, he's, he said to me, he was throwing wrenches and he tripped on my cord, I guess, the last time. He wanted to let me know about it. And so he trips on my cord and he says, how did you get a job down here? You don't know nothing about cars. I won't insert the explicits because he didn't talk like that. Um, he said, how did you get a job down here? And I, I'm up to here at this point, and I just go, boop, just a little bit over. And I said, you know what, Lenny? I don't know. I, I, you're right. I don't know how to work on cars. I said, but here's what I know. I believe what the Bible says. And I believe that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I said, and it just so happens that I'm standing down here in a basement with a guy who's admittedly fell away from the church since he's been a kid. I said, it just so happens I get paid for it, so why don't you tell me what I'm doing here? And 
Lenny stared at me. I think he had the same moment that Martha had. He wanted to hit me. He wanted to hit me right here with the next one. But he just walked away. And I walked away. You know? So the Lord, you know, sometimes it's hard to wrap our, our minds around his ways. You know, Lenny couldn't see it. I didn't want to see it. You know? But, but God was at work. He was at work. You know? And his plans are always bigger than we think. See, our thoughts get us messed up sometimes when we look at our situations and the circumstances, the jobs and everything that we're in, you know what I mean? But he blows our minds to change our hearts. Yeah. So, so he spends his time finishing his work in Judea, right? And so he says to the disciples, come on, let's, let's go wake up Lazarus. It's, it's time, let's, get, let's go. We're done here now. You know, and let's, let's go wake him up. And um, Peter, I think it's Peter again, uh, speaks up and says, hey, if, if he's asleep, he will recover. And so now he's cool with it. Now he's saying that, you know, okay, we're over here. We didn't get stoned. Now let, let's just save a walk or something. You know what I mean? Let's just not go over there. You know, if he's asleep, he will recover. So then Jesus has to break it all the way down. You know, let me pause for a minute. If, if I'm Jesus, Jesus or Peter's getting the vibrating palm at some point. Like I'm... I'm just hitting him with it, like, because that guy's just always saying something. But um, he, he, tells them, he, he just tells them plainly. He says, he says, look, Lazarus is dead, and don't miss this. And he says, I'm glad for your sakes so that you might believe. And, and so what, what he's saying there, he said, so I'm glad for your sake so that you might believe how, uh, that, that I'm good. That you might believe that I'm strong. That you might believe that I am big and I am capable. And I can handle this. You know. Um, so they get there. Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. And uh, the Jews are consoling uh, Mary and Martha. And so Jesus shows up. Martha runs up to Jesus. Mary stays home. I think Mary stays home because she's hurt. She's like the feeler type. And uh, Martha runs up because she's going to let him know. Um, so she, she comes up and she says to Jesus, you know, the first thing, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. And I think, I think maybe in, in this moment right here, she begins to list all the things off that she had been doing while she was waiting on him. And she begins to say, you know, I've been the one telling his head. I sent you word that he was sick. He says, I comforted him. And I told him you'd be here soon. And if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. And her and Jesus have this interaction. And Jesus tells her, he says, he says look, your brother's going to rise again. You know? In spite, in spite of our feelings, God, God's always active. He's always active. He's like, You're, he will rise again. You know that. And she's, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know he'll rise again on the last day with all of us. And we'll, you know, but that doesn't make me feel better right now. And Jesus stops her. He says, look, I am the resurrection and the life. I want to read this. And, and, and he who believes, me, believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? 
And so he asked her this question specifically. In the midst of a whole crowd, you know, there's people around. Lazarus is dead. This certain man that had died that everybody cared about, they were all around. And he's asking her this question. Do you believe this, though? I'm worried about I'm worried about you right now. Do you believe this, Martha? I think he, I think he poses the same question to us. In the midst of our, our situations and our circumstances, you know what I mean? Do you believe this? I just list them all. Christian, follower, believer, disciple, whatever you, you know, whatever terminology, son. Do you believe this? And everything that's going on around you, can you see God's hand at work? Is Jesus life and breath to you? I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he said. We got to know that, church, that he's life. My wife hit it like, you know, she, she hit the verse that, you know, he said, I will be with you. You will not drown. Why? Because I will be with you. It started with, I will be with you. So you will not drown. Right. You will pass through the fires. You know what I mean? I will be with you. That's what right. he goes back right here. That's right. We got to know that because the haters are going to hate, man. That's, right. yeah. That's what they do. That's what they do. And they did the same thing to the disciples here. They, you know, they, they, they rolled up. They said, Could, couldn't this, this man that, that healed the blind, couldn't he have kept him from dying? Weak, weak, weak. You know, and then it passed on down to, to Martha when Jesus is stepping up. We're getting close to the moment here. Jesus is stepping up and he's looking down. He said, open that tomb. And Martha's over here. She's listening to the haters. She's listening to them, you know. And and she says, Lord, don't don't do that. It's gonna it's gonna there's gonna be a stench. It's gonna smell in there. He's been dead for four days. Don't do that. She still didn't believe it. She still didn't believe it. You know, the point is 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 the people responded with questions to Jesus. They were trying to figure it out. Martha responded with questions. Mary responded with questions. Right? Jesus, every time, every single time, gave them the answer. Every time. And it was, did I not say that you would see the glory of God? Is his words life and breath to us? Because he blows our minds to change our hearts. And that's the power that's at work within us. I will be with you. Everywhere you go. That's the reason that Jesus went to the cross. So that he might dwell in our hearts. Through faith. If we, if we believe. And he would be with us everywhere we go. And he would be enough. And then. And then at the end of the story, you look what happens if you're following along. Jesus begins to pray. And he prays this. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. 
And when he had said these things, then he spoke to the situation. He prayed about the situation. He spoke to the situation. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. It's time. Now, don't miss the miraculous when you, want, when you listen to this story because that's, that's a pretty big miracle, right? But don't miss the miraculous because you go down a few verses and it says, The man who had died who came forth bound with hand and foot wrappings and his face was wrapped with, around with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. And therefore, this is where the miracle happens, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. The very people who were stoning him way back when now believed in him. Why? Because he blows our minds to change our hearts. You know, how, how would it change our lives if we believed that? If we believed everything that, that Jesus would be with us. And because he was with us, we would see the glory of God. Whether it be through perseverance. Whether it be through something miraculous. Whether it be that, that there was just a change in our own hearts. You know? What if, we, what if we really believe that in the midst of our situations? Whatever it is. Maybe you're scared to, to, to share your faith. You know? I don't know. Maybe you're scared of your past. You know, there's, there's this story of, of Joseph and how his life is just totally messed up all the way through. And it always just speaks to me. And I always just love that story so much because when he gets to the end of it, he says, what they meant for evil, God meant for good. Sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around it. It, it, it really is. But he blows our minds to change our hearts. He wants to, it, it's, it's that he's with us. Do you doubt you're in the right place in work, life? You say, like, God, what, what, what would you want me here for? These people ain't trying to, ain't trying to hear it. They ain't trying to hear the gospel. They don't, they don't want nothing to do with that. Can I encourage you to try something? I did it this week at, at work. Just to, just to practice it before. And it was, it was the same encouragement that we left the Orange Conference and one guy told us to do. He said, won't you ask the people at your work how you can pray for them? Funny thing is, I've been working there for over a year and never heard of any of these, any of these problems that they're having. Daughters in therapy, you know, you know, all these things. I got health issues. They didn't say that. They're not just going to come out and say it, but when you ask them, how can I pray for you? And then you bring it to Jesus. The one who can fix it. The one who's able to do more than we think, ask, or imagine. Abundantly beyond. Right? right? Maybe maybe you're even struggling with even believing in Jesus. Maybe. Can I encourage you to do something else? Ask him to show himself to you. Don't ask him for a million bucks. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be selfish. I mean, if you want to know Jesus, the, the real Jesus, the one who's life and breath and brings joy through trials, ask him. Say, I want to know you. I want to know you. I don't want all these fancy things, but my life is messed up and I can't seem to get it right no matter all the things I've tried to give myself throughout my life. 
I'm messed up. But I, so I want to know you. I want to I experience something real. You know what I mean? And I, and I want to be new on the inside. Can you do that for me? Ask him. He's able to do more than we can ask or imagine. I wanted us to, to do something together as a church. I'm going to wrap it up, you know. Wherever, wherever you're at, you know, whatever you're struggling with to get through, find encouragement that, that Jesus is with you. His promise, I will, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Through all the mess, all the hard stuff, I'm going to be there. When you pass through the waters, you know, you, know, you will not drown. You go through fire, you won't be burned. I got you. He's really big. Can we, um, I need, I'm going to grab this Bible. If you guys want to stand with me, Travis, will you turn on the lights? Turn to, if you got one of these, you know, sh- share it with somebody. Um, I wanted to read out of this one so we're all reading the same thing. If you guys got it, it's the New Living Translation, if you're going to do it on your phone. Um, Psalm 23, it should be on page 475. give you a couple of seconds to get there and then after we read this um as as rick rick says and, and i hear patrick say sometimes from the stage if your heart's clear <laughs> if it's clear well I, I guess some of us could hang around anybody to hang around to, to pray with people if they need some prayer you know maybe you need prayer for a situation you're going through so okay is everybody there Let's just read it all together. It doesn't got to sound good, you know, for Jesus. So, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.